Welcome to Walking Together, a podcast all about encouraging each other as we follow Jesus together. I'm your host, Dennis Lavelle. Let's start walking. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the second podcast of Walking Together. I appreciate all the kind comments about the first episode and the encouragement to keep doing them. Well, one of the things that we've decided to do in 2021 is to do more walking. It's something we've done every day this year so far. We have a canal, which is really a moat that surrounds our city, and it's a great path to walk on. And we're definitely not the only ones out there on it. Now, maybe you enjoy walking on a treadmill while listening to podcasts. That's great, too. But honestly, our whole life is surrounded by walking. Parents will wait for, then video their baby's first steps. I remember when our kids started walking, they had huge welts on their heads. And that was because our our house in Belgium had these old-style radiators to heat the home. And man, I, I tell you, the danger points were always at forehead level. Maybe you're a better parent, and you wrapped the edges in soft foam. <laughs> we didn't. Uh, retrospect's a wonderful thing. But you can tell a lot about a person by their walk. You can tell what kind of mood they're in. I mean, their personality will just ooze from their walk. You remember the kid in high school who had a cool walk? I know people who walk on their toes. I know some people who walk pigeon-toed. I know people who walked bow-legged. Some people walk with their shoulders slumped. When someone limps, something has happened, either an injury or even perhaps a birth defect. Even in our sunset years, walking becomes a challenge. When fashion models walk down the runway or the catwalk, they have a certain walk that they do, which always makes me laugh, by the way. I mean, I just can't help it, right? And nobody walks down the street like that. You never see anybody walking like that in a mall. I mean, it's just something specific to the fashion world. But walking is just part of our everyday life. You walk differently when you're happy versus when you're sad. Your walk says something about you. And if we understand that, then it should be no surprise that God uses the word walk to describe our relationship with him. And the problem is that we just don't pay attention when we walk. I mean, how many times have you caught the front edge of your shoe on a sidewalk crack or a curb, and you find yourself trying to do a a full-on face plant, all the while hoping that no one saw that? But walking is something we do every day. And we rely on it. Just for curiosity's sake, I wanted to find out how many pairs of shoes a person would go through in a lifetime. And I found way more information than I needed. But apparently, according to a survey conducted a couple years ago, it said that women between their 18th and 62nd birthday will own an average of 434 pairs of shoes. Now, I don't know how that stacks up to what you currently have in your closet, but that is the average. And anytime I hear the word average, my head just starts spinning because I know there's 
a lot of people who are going to be on the low end of that, who will have far less than 434 pairs of shoes. But then there are those who will be way over the 434 pair mark. I mean, that's just a crazy amount of shoes. It draws my mind back to when the children of Israel walked around in the wilderness for 40 years and God didn't allow their sandals to wear out. Let's face it, that's pretty cool. The Bible tells us that Enoch walked with God, Noah walked with God, God told both Solomon and Joshua to walk in his ways. So walking with God is synonymous with being a Christian. When you walk with someone, you are in a relationship with them. There's an investment in each other. So you're walking together. Who we are in Christ can be communicated by that walk. It says something about who we are. In Micah chapter number 6, God is telling his people, the nation of Israel, look, if you want to know how to live a God-honoring life, here's three things you need to do. And in verse number 8, he says, He has shown you what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to live justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So those three things. You need to live justly, and that's a courtroom term, meaning that you have to have the right amount of discretion. It means you look in the mirror and take the telephone pole out of your own eye before you attempt to perform surgery to get a splinter out of someone else's eye. He says the second thing is that you need to love mercy. You need to understand the pain of others in such a way that it moves you toward them both in action and in compassion. And as a result of those two things, living justly and loving mercy, it will draw you toward and be your motivation for walking humbly with your God. So they're all interconnected. And I love this word humility because it's really a word picture. It literally means that you create space on your path for others. Humility is limiting yourself to an appropriate amount of space while leaving room for others. It means you're not puffed up and taking up more space than what is needed. Now, there are some dangers to having other people walk next to you. We live in Belgium, and it rains a lot here. On average, it rains... 200 plus days a year. I mean, I've seen my lifetime allotment of rain. But walking with Laura, my wife, under an umbrella has always been a challenge. First, there's a height difference. I'm only six feet tall, but Laura is 5'7". Not a huge difference, but I take much longer strides because my legs are longer. Which means, if I hold the umbrella she gets wet because it's just too high. It doesn't cover her, so she gets soaked. But if I let her hold the umbrella at the appropriate height for her, I get poked in the eye because it's too low. (laughs) So walking together under one umbrella is extremely difficult, unless it's one of those 
mammoth golf umbrellas, and then everyone on the path around us gets poked in the eye because the thing is so huge. So after nearly 29 years of marriage, we've worked out a solution. We each have our own umbrella. (laughs) All that to say, walking together with other people on the same path can be difficult and even frustrating at times. But it is certainly worth it because it sure beats walking alone. And the same is true in our spiritual walk. Now, let's go back to what we were talking about earlier about the different types of walk that people have. One of the walks the Bible warns us about is to walk with hubris, meaning you walk arrogantly. When you do that, your walk is large. Your walk is demonstrative. And you end up calling attention to yourself. And that's really what we don't want in our walk with the Lord. A life of humility means we are deflecting attention from ourselves to God so that He gets the glory. You can read it in its entirety later, but in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 12, Paul writes to the church and tells them that their walk is critical. Why? Because the outsiders, that's the word he uses, those who do not know Jesus, they are watching. And Paul wrote this in a way they could connect the dots in their culture. Because the Romans loved honor being heaped on them. The more attention, the better. The more acclaim, the better. They had an insatiable desire for the light and attention to be on them. In other words, they ambitiously pursued the attention of others. And Paul says, don't do what the Romans do, but rather take that same level of ambition and use it to not call attention to yourself. In other words, relentlessly pursue a humble life because a humble life creates space on the path for others. And I'm telling you, this has to be a gut check every day. Why am I doing the things that I do? Am I doing them out of insecurity because I need the validation of others? Do I really need people to notice me? Or do I live in a way where I am constantly pointing to the one who is my source of life, deflecting all glory from me to him? Humility is the narrow zone where you're not building yourself up or beating yourself up because you realize it's not about you. So that's the question I want you to ponder today. Is my walk drawing attention to myself? Or am I walking in a way where I'm deflecting the glory from me to the one who deserves it? Are we creating space on our path for others? And I get it. Some people are just difficult to walk with. But yet, God has called us to walk with those difficult people. He's asking us to enlarge the space around us so that there can be even more people who can walk with us. Because the destination is the same. It's all about leading them to Jesus. If you'll allow me, Let me pray for you. Lord, show us where we're drawing attention to ourselves. 
Because our desire should be to deflect that and give you the honor and glory. We don't deserve it. And may we be willing to make space on our path for other people. Even for those who are difficult to love, the ones who make us mad, and certainly the ones we don't agree with. May we learn to enlarge our path so it includes not just fellow Christians, but especially people who don't know you. And may our walk lead them directly to you. Well, I hope this has been helpful. Share it with a friend if it has. Put a positive review in iTunes, if you will. That will help more people find it. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time.